0: Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. What drives you is brought to you by Zigler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome to What Drives You. I'm Kevin Miller. You have all the drive you need, as much as anyone else. But in each area of your life, you are driven by desire or fear. So let's get you aligned and driven by your authentic desire so you're driving further and faster and most of all, enjoying the ride every day. This is a what drives your health episode. And we look at how choice pollution is feeding into your anxiety. This is not what we want fueling our drive. When we're faced with too many choices, we're inclined to do nothing. Or if you're like me, you just make a rash decision just to get it done and move on. We want to take time to figure out the best decision, but that can cause stress from just decision fatigue, which we hear about more and more. So now think about the reality of life today that always has an infinite amount of choices for anything at any given moment. It produces a culture of anxiety in us and then in what we're walking around with everybody else. So we're calling it Choice Pollution. And in this episode, Dr. Randy James of True Life Medicine and my friend and I talk about this problem and some solutions and the anti-anxiety drugs that are being prescribed for this issue. Hey, friends, what drives you is brought to you by Ziggler. Your source for coaching excellence. Let the wisdom and sales skills of Zig Ziglar equip you to be an influential and successful coach. Go to Ziglar.com to inspire your true coaching performance. And hey, hearing all these messages on this show uh, of what drives you, the podcast, I mean, it's powerful to help it really take root in your life. I invite you to join us in the drive tribe. It's an online membership. We have daily discussions where we're going deeper together on these episodes and on the issues of what drives us and what drives others to us, especially from a business standpoint. So you can find that at kevinmiller.co. You'll click on the community tab. Speaking of uh, kevinmiller.co, that's where you can find me on YouTube and social media. And I started doing some videos literally out on the trail uh, while I'm snowshoeing from my house and, uh, and, and whatnot. And oh my gosh, it's getting a lot of traction. People really appreciate these short videos. Uh, so you might find value. You can again, find me on YouTube, Instagram, all those places, Facebook at kevinmiller.co. And great to connect with you there as well here. Then is the show. Okay. We can start the show as soon as we finish eating our chocolate as you <laughs> gave me, uh, after our lunch, a piece of, you know, you called, how'd you pronounce it? Ashkenazi? A-S-K-O-N, no, I-N-O-S-I-E, maybe. Some of the best chocolate you'll ever have.
1: You know why I said Ashkenazi? Because the Jewish heritage Uh is Ashkenazi, but I think he is Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi? Okay,
0: well, Sean, Mm -hmm. the guy, he was a lawyer. It's a great show. I probably did it on the podcast uh, for everybody listening. I assume I did. I don't know. I didn't. I did it. It was number two episode of my podcast. Uh, it, it was him because of his story of being he was a lawyer and did well and enjoyed it, actually, but was a, a, a lawyer and then uh, transitioned to he's a chocolatier now and a makes incredible <laughs> chocolate made famous to, to me, at least by Seth Godin, one of our biggest business names. So anyway, so we're, we're, we're chewing that, which is a good point before we dive into our subject here. I have been, you know, not on not having wine for I don't know now, seven weeks, eight weeks, something like that. And so I have more of a sweet tooth. Man, I have been imbibing. Um, <laughs> I've been imbibing at night, ice cream, ice cream, High, whatever. And it's just amazing as I watch myself that every time I have it, the next day, I kind of just want it more. And I don't want just a little. I want more. <laughs> and, and my taste buds are getting used to that, oh, that sugar bite feeling that I hadn't had because I replaced it with, you know, sipping a little wine. Not making a case for either necessarily i'm just interested to watch myself and my appetites and we crave what we consume i was just gonna say because uh, one
1: of my kids had it said why don't you just let us eat as much as we want for a day and i said if we do that do you think you'll wake up the next morning and be still totally full like you don't want to have any mm. sweets or will you wake up the next day and want it a little more uh-huh same is true of the video game. Same yeah. is true. The you want what you can consume, and,
0: and it's gosh again. We can what, make a whole. Was it you, you? crave what you crave. You consume. What you consume. Yeah, we can make a whole show. You know about that, but yeah, it's just interesting to uh, yeah to watch the appetite. And because right now I'm exercising so much, that I've actually lost weight. So I'm eat, I'm imbibing. And have less weight on me. You're gonna write a book about this. Well so aren't you? what's my motive to not? It's 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 long term going, okay, if eat I eat what you want and lose weight. Yeah, and there's the dangerous, uh, dangerous slope. Um, all right, so anxiety. I'll have said in the intro that we just did one on this. I wanted to talk about the drugs of it, anti anxiety, mm-hmm. drugs, antidepressant meds, you know, whatever you want. And of course, if you type that in, and I'm going to get to that. So I, I literally want to talk about it, just like we did recently on blood pressure meds. So if you've got high blood pressure, you're taking meds that regulate it, and the meds themselves are not that toxic or have terrible side effects, you know, why not? What's going on? So we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Folks, you can hear that in the show on high blood pressure. I wanted to kind of do the same on anxiety meds. It's just so hard not to talk about anxiety again. So here we are, and the headlines are Simone Biles. Yeah. Which we just thought she's going to go in there and she's just going to, you know, take gold in everything because she's so far above. I have not studied it. Maybe you know more about what it is, but the headlines are mental health. I mean, so she is making, helping make it headline news. I mean, I'm not saying a right or wrong, but just here we are. And you've been reading about CDC and suicide rates increasing.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, the numbers on that were for 2020. I think they just got released that. For younger people, well, now I don't know my statistics very well, but it was a lot, right? So increase in in the statistical prevalence of suicide. And so the, the whole debate again of, you know, we clamped down for COVID to protect and preserve life and in this subset of people and it lost life in another subset of people. Because isolation is the number one reason why people are feeling the depression, the anxiety, and, and so suicide rate goes up. The opioid epidemic kind of went off front and center for a year, and when it gets back uh, under attention, it will likely be worse than what it was. And now we have, yes, Naomi Osaka, another one of the ones, so she was the tennis player who took some time oh, off. Right, 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 right. And, and Simone Biles.
0: Yeah. OK, so we're seeing it. So I, I do want to hit a couple of things. And then, folks, we are going to get into literally talk about some of the meds. And I want you to comment some okay. o- on that. But when you type in anxiety, just anxiety, I, I'm, I'm loving this premise of just type it in. Type it in, see what Google says. Because that's what people are seeing. Yeah. OK, so you type in anxiety. This is, again, we're recording August 2nd. Uh, we just had lunch. I, I looked it up a couple a couple hours ago. It was Fox News written three hours ago. Back to school anxiety. Start prepping kids for return to in-person learning weeks in advance, experts say. Uh, four days ago, medical news today, debilitating anxiety, symptoms, causes, treatment, and more. Three days ago, Harvard Health, postpartum anxiety is invisible but common and treatable. ABC News, a day ago, managing pandemic anxiety uh, amid fourth COVID-19 surge. Bay Area psychologists weigh in. Uh, so it's kind it's, of... It, speaks to me or what concerns me is it's just getting as you talk about with everything to be normal any right. stress any possible infringement on me that's outside of my comfort zone is now expected and I, that's, I know this is a slippery slope because I'm not right. I don't want right. to minimize it right. but what's wrong that it is now at a kind of an expected that you're going to have anxiety and as we're going to talk in, about in a minute what's the number one treatment for anxiety a med
1: yeah well, yeah. even before a med, I'd say probably sugar, TV, entertainment, distraction. Okay. Well, I'm
0: talking medical, <laughs> medical. Sure. Yeah. yeah. How, how we're treating it by medicating ourselves is different. But I hear you saying, this is what you you know told me years ago. We are not, my body does not have a deficiency of anti-anxiety meds. Thus, thus I need you, to take thus, anxiety meds. Thus,
1: you have anxiety.
0: Right? It has a deficiency or a What or or, or an overuse of something else that's causing that. So here I'm going to, so this is my, I want to throw this premise at you. I said, I wasn't going to do it during lunch. I want to talk about it here. I want to read something real quick to you. You probably know this, but if you'll bear, if you'll bear with me uh, on this, I'm going to relate it to this. Okay. You ready? It's the jam experiment. So I've talked to, I learned this in business a long time ago. I did not relate it to anxiety, but I'm about to. And I want, I want to hear your take on it. And we're going to spend the first part talking this and then go into the meds. So this is a jam experiment. This is a business thing. This has nothing to do with anxiety as it was written. What does jam stand for? Jelly. Sorry. Jelly. Okay. Like preservatives. Oh yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Uh Spread it on your toes. Like real jam. Okay. (laughs) So this was written, this was in medium.com popular blogging uh, thing written by a guy named Florent Gertz. So he's just related. His story has been around forever, but I like how he puts it. He says that we assume that if we offer our customers more choices, I want you to think about it in terms of anxiety.
1: okay? Okay. Okay.
0: This guy types, if we we assume that if we offer our customers more choices, then they'll be more likely to buy our products since it's more likely that they'll find what they're looking for. That's why most companies offer a wide variety of products, different types of jeans, cars, foods, you name it. Uh, That way we think our customer can find exactly what he or she likes. But here's the paradox of choice. If a person is presented with too many choices, he or she is actually less likely to buy. In two thousand. In 2000, psychologists—I'm not even going to try to pronounce their names—from Columbia and Stanford University published a study about jams, about jelly. On a regular day at a local food market, people would find a display table with 24 different kinds of jams. Okay, so they literally set this up. Really, yeah. really happened. Then on another day at the same food market, people were given only six different types of jams. Guess which display led to more sales. The six. The six. Now, he doesn't say this in there, but I know it from the study uh, more in depth. More people stopped to look at the display with 24, but less people bought. So he goes on to say what they found was the big display table. Oh, he does say that. Generated more interest. People were far less likely to purchase a jar of jam than in the smaller display. Ten times less likely. Wow. Ten times less likely. So imagine that. I mean, my kids are at Farmer's Market, and you would say, well, like for my little guy, you know, make signs, make lamps, make cat out of wood, make candle holders, make cutting boards, make the more stuff, and make 15 different types of them. And they're saying more people will stop by, but he'll sell more if he just has, right few. now he's doing just signs. So he says the study shows that while choice seems appealing at first sight, choice overload generates the wrong results. Choice Paralyzes the customer. You know what? I'm going to stop on it. It does keep going there, but choice paralyzes. They found that the four criteria that motivate consumers to buy. Okay, so let me stop there because I want to read the four things here. But choice paralyzes what's happening in our culture now.
1: Yeah, we have infinite choice. Infinite. Yeah. Infinite. Even to something that is. Presumed ironclad two years ago whether or not my child would get up out of bed and go to school is now a choice and now we didn't let him make that choice but the culture said well if you stay home it's just online school today That it's, it's kind of like that the body is not built for that choice and that's one of ten
0: you know, infinite oh. amount. The the, uh, the main reason we don't watch more TV, more, more shows is because you can't find something amidst all the choice. Yeah. Or something that everybody agrees on. That ch- yeah. Too many choice. Now we, yeah. cause we finally got the smart TV and you pull it up and it's just <laughs> infinite.
1: That's right. And some people like we were, I was camping with a group of guys over the weekend and there, you know, the, the topic came up, like, Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? I'm and one of them was about a show, I was like, gosh, that sure seems like something I would really be interested in. How could I possibly have missed? Like, oh, well, it's in this section, subsection of, you know, you got to look here for that. How would I have known to ever look for that? That show might have been a great show, but it's not going to get the traction because it's fighting amongst the noise
0: of... And, when you, and I'm always enamored by this when I talk about things from the past with my kids. When I was their age, when you and I were their age, there were three channels. Yeah, even if even when cable came in, there were or still I remember mainly when Fox game. That yeah. was the fourth one. <laughs> oh but yeah, yeah. But but even when cable first came in, you know, it was still the three main networks with the three main shows with
1: and, kind of junk shows on cable. And everybody
0: yeah. was watching, I don't know, Dallas or whatever, yeah. or, you know, whatever the series was, and we all knew what's happening. Now, yeah, the same thing. People, there's so many choices that they'll say, "Oh, surely you've seen this. I've never heard of it. Right? Never heard of it." So. here here, go with it. Here's the the next piece. So they found the four criteria that motivate consumers to buy. And in this premise, we'll, we'll think of it in terms of that will motivate people to take action or make decisions. This is what, when people, uh, is when people want to make a quick and easy choice. Okay. That can relate to some when the product is, this is what, this is what motivates when the product is you know what, they, I said that this, this is what keeps them sorry. When people want to make a quick and easy choice, two, when the product is complex, so fewer choices help the consumer make a decision. Three, when it's difficult to compare alternatives, this helps them, this motivates them. When it's difficult to compare alternatives, right now, but you if, can't compare, not compare alternatives. No, I'm saying, right, like, if, if I go to. But me having 24 jams that I can taste each one
1: of them, I'm like, I can't even compare yeah. these because there's too many to compare.
0: Yeah. And okay. then when consumers don't have clear preferences, right? I don't, I don't know what I want in the first place. Anyway, you give yeah. me 25 choices. So here's a culture and let's pick on kids right now. They don't know what they want to begin with, but the choices that they're trying to make are, are big. Where am I going to go to school? Where am I going to get a degree? It's not simple, easy stuff. Um, it's sometimes it's, de- I mean, how do you really, even though we've got a lot of comparison, if you're looking at going at this school or looking at going towards this career, I mean, to really compare it, to go like, what's it going to be go like? It, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to go do it. So it's, it's hard to do it. And so we see this and I wonder now here we over here, how much of our anxiety is just because we have an infinite amount of of choices. It's so hard to make a decision. I have a daughter right now looking at going to, to France and the information out there is mind boggling. And she's struggling with being caught up in it as opposed to if you and I wanted to go to France before the internet, just go get a pamphlet or a catalog and go, well, here's Mm -hmm. some company I can go with and, or just, just go. uh,
1: Yeah. You don't have the option of knowing. And part of the knowing of it is not, in fact, As a traveler, I will oftentimes, I don't want to go to the internet and see all these awesome pictures of the Taj Mahal or whatever, Mm -hmm. because now your expectations are going to be set up. That's interesting that she's struggling through it. Here's another question. So our kids now in young teens, and I, this last week, I I asked them because I haven't asked in a long time. I'm like, well, what do you think you might want to do? And in my mind, when I was 13 and 15, I had some opinions. And, you know, all kids throughout all ages in America, at least the last 100 years, you know, firemen, policemen, doctor, lawyer, you know, drive a truck, something. And, and they just, they looked at me like it was inconceivable. Like, I, I don't know. I have zero conception of what I might want to be other than they don't want to be a doctor. So they did say that
0: that's okay. <laughs> Most of my kids at this point are not going, Oh, I can't wait to be an entrepreneur yeah. necessarily. But well, yeah, it was so maybe it's because the perception of choice is again, it's just so, so prevalent. And the fear of missing out the social media, that there's always something I'm still enamored with that. And they do cite that as one of the reasons for anxiety. A top one is social media, but again, not to look at it, but just the concept of it—that there is always something new. There's always another choice. Not today. There's not only a new show to watch. There's a new network to watch on, and that once you binging yeah. and there,
1: and you fear of missing out on this latest thing. And let's circle this back around too, because you said think about it through the context of anxiety. Yeah. So here's an idea I've been wrestling with these last few days. In in Simone Biles, again, I don't have I think it's, there's the good side and the bad side, right? Like it's very good that we're aware of, of mental health and those kind of things. But then the question is, what about resiliency? And I'm not going to use Simone Biles because I don't know her. I don't know what she was going through. Right. Maybe she was suicidal and she's just like, I, and I don't get out of there.
0: Tr- anything I read, it's media. I don't know what to trust. So yeah, unless no, I talk and, with her and everybody gets you
1: know. all angry at everything, yeah. right? Like whatever side you're on. So let's just say that here's young people and now it's front and center in the news. Would it be, and along with an epidemic of anxiety and suicide. So it's very, very serious now at this point. And I was thinking about it like this, that we have a, that in the past, our mistakes, so let's take maybe even you and I and our our grandparents, uh, the greatest generation, right? Like they fought a war, they did all this stuff. And there was lots and lots of evidence of emotional, of resilience, of you know, buckle down and get the thing done and all of this. And it was horrific racially, like Mm -hmm. it was horrific. And the, the, the men, women situation was horrific. A lot of times there's lots and lots of abuse and we don't want to look back and say, see the women, you know, they could just buckle down and get through the day, even though they were married to a jerk or whatever. And, and different races could just get things done or whatever. So, so now we've come to a place where that, is a lot less, it's a lot better. Mm-hmm. But our kids now, so there's, there's less need to be emotionally resilient. And, and now, um, but there, there was some goodness to the fact that you could buckle down when you had to. You, you could weather a storm from within yourself. You didn't need to go to the doctor or get a pill or do. You could say, okay, there was delayed gratification, there was a, a lot of those kind of things on the good side. And now these days, if I use the example of it's now flip-flopped over here to where we have, you know, helicoptered kids or whatever that there's, that when a young person now encounters X, Y, Z stress, strain, they they don't have, they have lots and lots of emotional freedom, like their emotions are paramount. We're going to acknowledge the fact that you're scared or anxious or that this is a hard job. And in fact, it might be too hard to do that. So let's just not make you go to school or turn in a paper or we're going to give every little kid a different IEP. And if you have a kid who needs an IEP, okay, that's great. But at what point does it become? And so now we're over here into the infiniteness of the way I think and feel Yeah, justifies my anxiety, depression. Um, and, and I'm, I, am i am no, no longer expected to within myself, Come up with enough, whatever you want to call it, strength, resiliency. Mark Twain called it sand. Fortitude is what Fortitude I. Fortitude
0: yeah. to do the thing. Grit. Uh, grit. Some uh, I can't remember the lady's name who wrote a book in the past couple of years. Great book on grit. So
1: yeah, I uh, I Mark Twain called it sand, and you can just imagine yeah. if you know you you punch a sandbag that it's not moving. Um, and somewhere in the middle is is the right answer for different people at different times for different jobs and and all of that. Uh, but it seems like today we've now swung the pendulum over to where we've we've that emotions are preeminent, that the way that you are justified to think and feel how you think and feel. Yeah. And nobody is allowed from outside of your own head to have any comment on whether it's good or justified or right or wrong or anything like that. And, and so what I'm seeing is that what that teaches our kids is knock yourself out. Go and get emotional, get in touch with your feelings, get in touch with all that. But now we're into this infinite choice place and there's no borders.
0: Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to AIRDOCTORPRO.com, ocom Use promo code Kevin. And there's no borders. The thought that just came to mind to be compassionate, if we said right now, like we all know that there's not a human being on the planet, for the most part, at least not, and especially in America, who does not have some level of pesticides in us true story? Uh, yeah. I mean, and true all of the world we can, okay. that, that we know. We uh-huh. cannot. There's, so let's call you, it pollution. You, you have it. Okay. That pollution's out there and yep. you can live, you can be a hermit in the mountains. You can live in Antarctica. Living perfect. Yeah. And you have pollution. So that's the compassion that you are a victim of that. And I don't like using the word because I don't want to claim I'm a victim, but there are things that we're victim. It was done to you. Yeah. By. It was done to you. So in the same way we have, I'm going to call it, we will come up with a better term. We have option pollution right now. We have, we have, there's so much information, so many options out there for everything, whether it's jeans or a TV show or a job or whatever, that we have option pollution. We are all amongst that. I cannot shield my kids from the fact that the choices are seemingly limitless on everything. Yeah. So it's there. What do we do about it? It does not seem to be producing more... Stronger, resilient people. Right, and so here we are.
1: Can I change what you said to yeah. choice pollution?
0: Yes, that's better. O- option that's pollution better. is confusing. Cho- yeah, it didn't have, feel right.
1: Just like we have noise pollution, choice pollution, okay. and, and and we have pollution pollution. We, we yeah. So now we have choice pollution. There's, it, it's not saying that this or that choice is good or bad in and of itself. It's just. Like a noise, right? Like to hear a bird chirp over here and a song
0: over here or two really good songs right next to each other is, is noise. Which goes to what you said, too, that, that we're at the point, too, of you can't say anything is right or wrong or better or not. You know? so right, without it, offending somebody somewhere. Infinite choices. They're all okay.
1: Uh, this is a good analogy. Now we've got tens of fa- millions of songs mm-hmm. all playing at the same time. Uh-huh. And in and of themselves, they might actually be good for certain. You know, slow dance for a dance with your wife, and here's a song for working out. But you play them both together at the same time, and you get neither. You you get more likelihood of dissonance, and that is what we're seeing within the hearts and minds of our young people, especially is is dissonance, anxiety, is and, anxiety. And yeah. so,
0: and so then let's take it further. So then, when you have more choices, back to the jam, the jelly. Experiment when you have more, the tendency is to instead of to buy to make it's, a decision, it's, it's,
1: it's, do nothing. sit there in indecision.
0: So instead of doing something, yeah. we have more kids, and and, and then we can extrapolate onto adults. We have more people instead of doing something, going out there and doing something, trying, making an effort, do something new, change, grow. Being okay learn. to fail. Yeah, just doing knowing nothing. how to fail. And when you do nothing, what's the first thing you do? Because you're you're created, whatever you believe to do something. That hurts. You're anxious about it. And so then you medicate. So here we have, and where's the best, easiest place to medicate? Pick up the nearest device you got and And, medicate and swipe away. And. And so anxiety, when we look at that and wonder, why is it happening? Because life is not harder. I can't, I mean, maybe we have choice pollution, but when you look at the amount of conveniences and technology, we've talked about this before, and extrapolate that back to our grandparents, they would say, holy smokes, you have electricity, running water, washers and dryers, dishwashers. You don't even have to go to, uh, you don't have to leave your house to be employed and make money. You don't even have to go to the bank to get your money. It's all there. You do never have to move. You guys must work 20 minutes a day and just play and have fun the rest. And it's exactly the opposite. And we have anxiety that we're medicating. So here we're talking about that. And now we're going to get into again, you know, literal medications, but I look at this and I'm going to talk to my family about this. And what do you do? Cause that's the question too. So if you're sitting here well, listening, well,
1: so does dad come along and say, I'm going to limit your choices, I'm going
0: to cut the internet off.
1: <laughs> uh, we were going to go back to, you know, wood fired, whatever. Uh-huh. And, uh, and everybody has to run two miles a day just because
0: I mean, here's a benefit. We, so we live here in, in the high mountains of Colorado. If you want clothing, you have three choices. Walmart. We do have a Walmart cheap, but clothing that's not going to last long. In my experience, we have a goodwill. We have a killer goodwill too because mm-hmm. people get rid of great stuff there because you know it's an outdoorsy town and there's cool equipment stuff. So we have that, or we have the internet. Now you could say the internet is you know limitless, but there's still a lot of people, including my wife, It's like, man, the kid needs some clothes, and uh, you know I need to try them on see if they're going to fit. And it's a hassle to get it sent here, have to send it back, whatever. And so she'll often go to goodwill. Now I know you can go down to the springs, but if you're again don't want to spend the time, it makes it easier. We have few choices up here. Yeah. We have few choices. Swing from, by you know,
1: Walmart, nothing yeah. here. Swing by Goodwill, nothing here. Okay. Go to the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It makes r- it easier. R- to. Decide. R- but down in the Springs, you might have 10 or
0: 15 more stores oh to go gosh. to. You never get quite around to it. You, if you're in, you're in New York city, you got every store, you can probably get somebody to deliver from every store in the next hour. I mean, yeah. again, so here we are with all these quote conveniences, multiple of choices, and it's leaving us sitting here in anxiety and I, you know, kids, but us even as adults so difficult to figure out what on earth to finally pull the trigger on and make a decision on a specific choice without questioning is there a better choice could there be a better one it's easier just to do nothing and when we do nothing we medicate and we vape and we drink Eventually, and we yeah. eat and we whatever i,
1: I get, so this this is giving me some anxiety right now yeah because and because you, you can't beat it, I don't uh, think. We, or like eradicate. You said, we you have choice eradicate. pollution. It, it is not eradicable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on this camping weekend, there was a bunch of guys with teenage kids, yeah. and so we're chatting about this emotional resiliency. Or do you toughen them up? Right. Like now, how much abuse have been done to some kid to toughen them up? Right. Like that's that's the theme of the movies we see these days, and 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 all of that. Um. And so, and so when choice is there and my frustration is do do we manufacture borders
0: <laughs> I, or, or trauma or hardship <laughs> or whatever you tell do, the kid do, do,
1: a failure do we manufacture failures to teach them how to fail and and of course we're saying well no but how then do if if the system like they're not allowed to fail in school they're not allowed to fail and even like the other day one of my kids, uh, who's 13. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't you walk down and get yourself a haircut? It was like, I was asking him to walk to New York city. It's like, but, but I'll have to talk to somebody. I don't know. And I'm like, yep.
0: I, and I was just, and the benefit, the benefit of course I'm thinking about when I was that age, I had my little BMX bike, man. And it was freedom. Cause I could ride and I didn't even think about how many miles it was. I'm free. I can go somewhere. There's no other options and there's nothing to do at home, man. What a gift well in hindsight but in at hindsight, 13
1: did you think it was a this gift. is so awesome that i have to ride 2 miles in the no, heat I to could, my friend's house couldn't wait
0: to get my car so i could go faster <laughs> and yeah that
1: that that's what I, we're saying i think that the world today is through ingenuity and entrepreneurship providing us choice upon choice upon choice in uh, with goodness at its heart but the consequence has been infinite choice which tends to create a new and younger generation that does not know how to have and develop emotional resiliency and that when hard things happen as they typically will do there's 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 a you know the knee-jerk reaction into whatever the quote-unquote medication is. Yeah, it, even if it is the 20-year-old who's still relying on dad to make choices for him.
0: And, and we are talking about this, and I want to bring it to us, and we are suffering from the same thing. I mean, whether there's nothing, we could make out a whole list of the things that we have infinite choices, and it is so difficult, even if we find one we think is good. At this point, I just assume there's no way I'm making the best choice. It's impossible. There's always going to be something out there. That's a better, it's a better deal, vacation deal. There's a better car price. There's a better right. loan And you'll rate. never even get to know. Yeah. And I'm going to make this decision. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to find a better option. I, and I've just got to make one at this point. Which that in and of itself can create anxiety. Anx- I yeah. doubt anxiety. I don't have the confidence and assurance that I did way back when there wasn't. So again, back to what you now coined choice pollution. So we are suffering under that. We can't stop it. It is by proxy causing some anxiety. What do you do about it? I and mean, that's another show. I, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about this. I don't know. It, it seems like well, lim- limiting options to some degree. Uh,
1: yeah. I th- I, well, we have talked about this in such a way as to say, look, you're a human being. It doesn't really matter one way or the other. If you have limitless options from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. and you're going to watch TV all night long, you are going to not sleep. Mm-hmm. And so you have to put in a self-border that says, okay, well, seven hours a night, there's a border. Same with food. You could eat fast food here and there and everywhere, and all up one side and eat food out of a gas station, and all that. But if you impose your own border that says, "Okay, no food from gas stations, yeah. no food from fast food." True. Yeah. That that everything that we're going to do, we're going to buy on the outside of the aisles and all those kind of things. That that is a self-imposed border because society does not put that border on us anymore.
0: Gosh, yeah.
1: And it would call us morally wrong for imposing borders on other people. So that's, you know, same with exercise, you don't have to exercise at all, but it's a self-imposed border that says, well, I know that if I don't, there's this consequence that consequence. And so now here we are in this choice pollution place. It's an, and you're going to have to impose a self-imposed border.
0: Okay. I, I, we'll we'll do another show literally on that. Maybe I'll even bring somebody, Nedra Glover Tawab. She wrote the book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. Now, it's about boundaries, kind of like the uh, Henry Cloud uh, who wrote the original Mm -hmm. one, and it's on personal and emotional and whatever. Uh, Maybe her, maybe I'll find someone else, but it'd be interesting to talk about what about boundaries in regards to choices? How can we healthfully... Do that by looking at the areas of our life and saying, "Where do we have a boundary?" We're in a—you said it a minute ago—we're in a boundaryless culture. I, I, I know this is really politically charged to get it, but even now, I mean, the kids, especially, are open to choose their gender. I mean, it, wasn't a thought. it, was, it, wasn't, it was not a thought. That's right. Until and talk about a monumental thought to sit there and to be moved by whatever feelings and emotions, and say, "Gosh, even who I decide to be—a he, a she, a they—whatever is up to choice." I mean, it is. There are That's, no boundaries. Whatever you think on them, we're just saying there are none. Well, so culturally, in the past, and again, I'm going
1: to use the example of marriage, right? Like in the past, it was just not. Considered an option to get a divorce. Let's say whether that's a hundred years ago or thousand right. years ago, there was that kind of ironclad something or other, and there was lots of abuse that occurred in that environment and lots of whatever. But there was also lots lot of good. Of, it was a boundary, right? And and these days, like it marriage is almost that same thing. It's kind of a self-imposed boundary, like because it's not really a boundary because you can go dissolve it or do whatever, have an open marriage, and and all these kind of things that. Um. Now, I'm staring outside and saying, well, no, people still drive on the right-hand side of the road. We still generally stop at a red light. We still wear clothes. Well, debatable. <laughs> Most places. <laughs> For, yeah. Um, so we've, we've shifted our boundaries, right? Like now there's a boundary of you and I, uh, appropriately so, and, you know, you, 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 we have to be aware and conscientious of the words that we say because there's a new social more about how you would even use a pronoun, yeah, And that, that is a new boundary That's becoming a boundary it, and, but, and, and again, I'm dancing on the words Like some of the old boundaries, there was problems there But we are now shifting into this world of new boundaries And is it improving our anxiety Our emotional stability as a people And if you look at the data, no If you look at the data No, we are becoming more emotionally unresilient even as we're taking medicines, even as we don't have to worry about finances as much or a roof over our head, or we are, it it just means that we're worried about something else. Like, oh my gosh, what did that person say about me on social media? Or, oh my gosh, whatever the oh my gosh is. To the level of anxiety, to the level of suicide, suicidal ideation.
0: (laughs) it's, It's another show because it pulls us to, looking at auditing our life for what do we feel like is going to bring us i was going to say uh lead to you know decisions choices that lead to life and of course that's kind of what the show's based on in your practice true true, true life. life what is your what is your true life because what are we going to do what boundaries, what boundaries
1: lead that because
0: boundarylessness leads nowhere and limits on choices um gosh okay i we I, That's worth thinking more on, maybe even get an expert in and bring him back in. So based on all that, though, we have a culture. And I did pull up as I generally do, you know, the stats and on anxiety. Gosh, we've got uh, 40 million adults in the United States, age 18 and older, or 18.1% of the population, uh, anxiety disorder. So that's clinical, right? That's a clinical saying. You have an... now. Right, that's a diagnosis. It's not saying it doesn't go from the like pre-diabetes. You know, it right, doesn't go no. to pre-anxiety, pre-anxiety. No. Um, but anxiety disorders are highly treatable. Yet, only thirty-six point nine percent of those suffering receive treatment. But I mean, again, that's with a an anxiety disorder. And I would say, well, like you do, everybody is on We're all the, spectrum. the scale. So yeah. I did not look, I, I should have. How many are on? I don't know if I could find that. How many are actually on meds? So let's get to this because I just promised that we would on the meds. So if I do have anxiety, so here I am, Kevin, and I'm dealing with finances and relationships and choice pollution and, and all these things. So my anxiety is up. I can come to you as a doc, as an MD and say, I have anxiety. Chances are in traditional medicine, you say, okay, here is a med. If I take that med and I want to go through some of the specifics, if I take that med and it does, it helps, then I'm good. Med doesn't have any huge, I mean, we're not talking about one of the worst pharmaceuticals doesn't seem to have huge well I don't know you can tell us yeah. you know side effects because we'll go through some of the others and they all have they all do have some but if it's not huge should I be good and I just take that for the rest of my life because as you always as you taught me the medications initially pharmaceuticals were initially made to to treat an acute problem. So I have acute anxiety I'm gonna I'm having panic attacks, whatever it's that's to treat an acute problem. And then figure out what's causing it and get you off that. Today, we don't do that for the most part. You just take the med. It regulates it. We find the right dosage. You take it for life. And we're used to people. I mean, at age 50, we should both be on a handful of pharmaceuticals. Just the norm. And it
1: is the norm in America because that's kind of the way this society has gone. And I, we want to be careful to say, okay, we're not going to stigmatize this. It's not good or bad. It's, it's a tool f- for resilience, right? That's what people want is I don't want anxiety. I don't want depression, What would we call that? Not anxious, not depressive. And I'm going to say it's emotional resilience. You're able to bend in the wind one way or the other on a good day or bad day, and it doesn't tip you over into anxiety or tip you over into depression. Depression.
0: There was a time when people, a small amount of people that we know, you know, understand, had an anxiety disorder, pharmaceutical company came up with something and you would say it's miraculous it's incredible what what a god gift of you know mankind's creative ingenuity Uh to come up with that to help that person live a reasonable life to 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 deal with that um now here we are and it's being used gosh it's it's so hard to be politically correct with that but it, it feels like it's being used like candy it's just you know everybody's well, right, because the system You're taking that acute thing every day
1: is built for that, right? It's built for what a hundred years ago, you know, pre nineteen seventies or whatever was a clinical diagnosis of man. This is acute anxiety, panic attacks, debilitating, whatever. Yeah, and this person is not going to succeed in life unless we help them. And and in the eighties and nineties, you know, so Prozac was the first one, and we. You had that quote a while back you know the prozac nation has now become the united states of xanax right prozac yeah. more on the depressant side and xanax on the anxiety side that we now have boundaryless society with increasing anxiety that on this on the spectrum so not you know whatever you define the disorder as clinical uh, a clinical definition of anxiety and the DSM-4. It does go through diagnostic criteria. So many episodes with so much severity over a so much period of time. This is the language of what the psychiatrists do, sort of. Right? Like at the end of the day, you just say, "Gosh, this could be depression, anxiety. Let's try this medicine and see how it works." Yeah. And so the system is set up that way to help people feel better faster. Right. Right. Because we we have a people that doesn't have emotional resilience that doesn't want to feel bad for very long, and I get it. I don't want to feel bad either. Right. So. So in comes the medicine, and these are mostly on the on the front side, the serotonin uh, selective reuptake inhibitors, or the SSRIs of which. Well,
0: I, I've got a little list here. I was going to throw at you. Can we, for this sake of this conversation, throw out to some degree, tra- like significant trauma? I mean, trauma. If we look it up, we would say that everybody dealing with anxiety is having an adverse. A response, a traumatic response to whatever, to
1: whatever that right. I didn't
0: pass a grade, that I didn't get in the school that I want, that my boyfriend left me, that whatever, as opposed to, I was in the war and my buddy got decapitated next to me, or I was in, uh, had a traumatic injury that, mm-hmm. and, and lost, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, okay. to somewhat take it off that, cause we're not saying, cause if we come over here and say, man, anxiety is, is on the highest ever anxiety meds, the it's highest Not because ever. trauma is the highest ever, not ever, or what right. you, know, you got to define trauma everything right. seems traumatic so let's take out the big traumas the big you know okay. literal okay. the car wrecks the accidents illness disease whatever and just say for the average person for the average person so yeah so you you just said srs the w- the list came out with uh the first one was how do you say it benzodiazepine uh-huh. correct which is a sedative that yes. can help relax your muscles and calm your mind uh buspirone uh-huh. how do you say that uh-huh. is used to treat both short term anxiety and chronic long lasting anxiety disorders. <laughs> this is funny. This is, again, the first thing that comes up. It's not fully understand, understood how <laughs> bias works.
1: No, I, and in fact, as you're, I mean, I can rattle all okay. these okay. things kind yeah, of exhausted. Yeah. Well, that, that then this is, make
0: them fast. an antidepressants, you know, are next, and you've got, I don't know whatever. Right, that's that the is. SSRIs. SSRIs, there.
1: okay. And then the tricyclics, which nobody uses anymore. MAOIs, nobody uses anymore. And and on this list is not the SNRIs. Did I miss that one? No, they probably just didn't come up. But SNRIs. So 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 that's a relatively older list. And now we've got so uh, uh, serotonin and uh, norepinephrine. So you always mention dopamine hits, right? And so serotonin, epinephrine, norepinephrine. Uh, but
0: histamine, it, dopamine, all of these are neurotransmitters. And so people recognize it. Rattle off the biggest, the primary names people know
1: you would hear. hear uh, them. Paxil, Prozac, Zoloft. Xanax. And uh, well, that. Xanax is a benzo oh. and, and they list that, but that is the last one we would choose. Oh, right. Like yeah, okay. uh, in the MAOIs and tricyclics and stuff like that.
0: That's, so that's pretty old list. If somebody and, comes in here, a patient that you have, that's a you do
1: Zoloft It's okay. just, you know, I'll choose Zoloft.
0: Oh, oh that, was that me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I've told that story. So this was, I don't know now, four years ago, something like that. And I was having adverse effects to what felt like trauma to me. It wasn't even so much financial, but I was dealing with some renters and I think just dealing with a lot of stuff poorly in my life, trying to be Superman, trying to be way too in control of my life and my family's life. And I just found myself, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm 40, however much I was, some years old, and I'm... I'm, I'm not unwell. At, and I, my office at that point was right on the other wall and I came in and he said, man, I'm I'm wigging out and I can't afford to do whatever you do when you wig out. Can you help me? <laughs> and, and use, when we talked about it's, it, but I was begging, I said, man, just give me, I, I need some so help. Th- th- if we can use
1: you as an yeah. example, that's, yeah, yeah. that's, you know, because now's not the time. If somebody says, I'm wigging out, we don't say, well, how's your sleep? How's your marriage? How's yeah. your dog? How's your whatever else? I was coming to you with a cute... Like right now, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to perform my job as, you know, provide money and, and a stable home with, with this wigging out stuff. So then we say, okay, we'll talk about all, all those other things later. But right now, let's use a medicine. Yeah. Thank God we have these options to try. Zoloft and Paxil and Prozac. and And, and I would say in the field of psychiatry, those guys... This is the waters that they swim in all the time. So they've got a list of 50 of them or whatever. And, you know, then they'll get the details of you and age and this and that. And they'll have a much deeper profile of personality that they would connect with Prozac versus Boost Bar versus, versus you know, uh, Paxil or Pamela or, or whatever the things are. And and so Zoloft, I think, is, is like you said, safe. It's been around a long time. Uh, there's there's multiple f- iterations of family now where you've got the uh, selexa uh, became lexapro became whatever the thing is now and mm-hmm. there's there's a lot to choose from now here's the frustration and you might not remember this but we said all right here's here's the medicine let's start you might feel better in about 6 weeks
0: Do, yeah be, be well there I'm a bad test case cuz I took it for like 30 days I didn't really feel anything but i was also changing changing I was also the other like things getting that's a right grip on holy smokes this should not be happening i started to look that's at right. my life so the wig out factor went down yeah and so i just discontinued but which is how
1: most people take those medicines is because the wig out factor tends to be oh my gosh divorce i lost my job we just moved it, it uh was wake up it was a it, wake-up call and what it tends to be transient oh Cause then something else happens and it's, it's better or it's worse. Okay. Right. So,
0: okay. That's fair. So I I took steps to make it better. I was, I was not.
1: That's right. You said, and I had spoken to the fact that, okay, here's the medicine, Yeah. but you've got to be becoming the kind of person where this isn't.
0: And again, to have compassion, this was not a specific one thing trauma. I was just letting life build up in my own anxiety. And And you were wigging out, but you were not suicidal. You were not doing those. No, I wasn't. But again, it wasn't like I got, got, I just got contacted by somebody to be on the show that I think I'm going to have on and a significant part of her story, she was raped. I mean, that's a different animal to deal with on a daily basis in regards to, so I was or, not that. and, or like you mentioned that kind of trauma, like, yeah, sure.
1: Right. Like that. But what if somebody wasn't raped, but they still feel like I'm a threat to myself. I am wigging out so much that I have held a gun in my hand and I've thought yeah. about it. Yeah. All right. Doesn't matter what the trauma is okay. at that point, or okay. if they just didn't, you know, the crayons melted, right? It doesn't matter. Let's not talk about the crayons melting or what, why you don't have emotional resiliency. We've got to get you out of this pit. Okay. We've got to get you safe. And so, I, you know, not you, but if somebody's in that category, especially younger people, I'll say, okay, look, you have to take it. You're agreeing with me that you're going to take this on a consistent basis. And number two is we're going to get your mom or dad or parent, or or even if you're in your 20s or whatever, a spouse maybe, and you have to give them permission to get in your business. Like, how are you doing? I'm fine. No, no. How are you really doing? Because people don't want you on their back or whatever. And then, and then you have to follow up with me and and all of us because because conversely, all of these medicines, especially in younger people, the are the, black box warning, they transiently increases the suicidality. They can, I should okay. say, they don't do that. They and then,
0: well, and speak on the, you know, I don't know if you want to get the side effects, but the, I mean, these are. I did yeah. read this was head, you know, right at the top of the list. So if you are taking any of those for, I don't know if I wrote it down, two weeks or more or something like that you can't just stop them then
1: you have to probably longer along the two month or more kind of side effect that you, you will go through, if you're taking a higher dose of serotonin, one of those medicines and you just stop it, then you can go through serotonin withdrawal syndrome.
0: So is that fair to say, once you start taking them long-term, your body is going to develop a dependency, which may be good if you're still at that anxious state. Yeah. Now, so again, then we're back to just like the blood pressure medication, Are you okay? If I if I take if I let's go to my story. If I had taken those and and said, oh my gosh,
1: yeah, I I clearly feel better. Then I I would have said, then don't even question it for six months. Oh, okay. Six months, just take it. Don't even think about it. But unless you change these other things, there's no chance that at six months you can wean off.
0: And the reason to wean off. So go there. The reason to wean off.
1: Well, there, like you said, there's many people who will take these forever. Like their blood pressure medicines, cholesterol medicines, and there's low chance of harm and low chance of risk and that kind of thing. So let's say,
0: I want to pull that out because, again, that's, to my mind, that's kind of new that we talked about in the blood pressure. The medication, the long-term effects of the medication itself may not be bad. I mean, is this it might in, even be, be good. <laughs> it might even be good. So it's not like, gosh, I've been taking these SSRIs for, you know, five years and I it's have, it's a, it's a
1: cumulative badness. Yeah. You're
0: no. saying no. So then we're back into, but the thing that it is regulating is still going on. If I came off that med and went back into anxiety, back into an unhealthy state, then you're, as the functional medicine, I like saying, what is it that's underneath here that you still haven't dealt with? That still has a yeah. consequence. Yeah. And, and remember, you might not ever get to know that. That's infinite.
1: Right, like because there's a genetic piece, there's the pollution piece, there's it's just infinite. So, there's going to be a subset of people that I I hate to tell you this, Kevin Miller, that live with great nutrition, exercise, sleep, my body, and all this kind of stuff and still need Zoloft. Okay, right, and and, and, okay, thank God we have a medicine and a system that can pay for it, but we live in a a society and a system that doesn't want to address these underlying things very much, and so we have this massiveness of the amount of people who are exposed to or in pre-anxiety or anxiety. And I'm just willing to bet that another massive amount of those people, if they addressed their relationships and their, you know, boundaries and things like that, that they would get better.
0: Or the thing that I have not conceived of that we're talking here, or the, or if I'm looking at it going, Man, I don't know. Everything does seem okay. I don't even know what I'm anxious about. And yet I am to say, you live in a world where choice pollution Is Is, increasing. Is is a factor. What if it's nothing from your childhood? It's no specific thing that's even happening in your life. You are taking good care of yourself. And yet, if I do that, we also know, except, but I have uh, toxins inside me. I have uh, pesticides. And not only
1: that, you have a history of toxic thoughts.
0: Not only that, you're a human being. You can
1: invent toxicity right now. Yeah. And invent fear. And it, it, it
0: will, your body will respond to an invented fear and even no, the, no different. And even the environment that we were in, because my anxiety goes up in a city. It just does. Now, I'm obviously a country boy living up here in our little mountain town. Um, but my anxiety, now I'm not saying that cities are bad. I'm saying I respond adversely to the busyness of a city. Yeah. I do. So that, my, my uh, anxiety is going to go up. I, it would if we were playing heavy metal music. Yeah. piping yeah. it here in the office, my anxiety would go up. Um, I struggle with that with conflict. Significantly. Sure. And you could treat that
1: with serotonin,
0: but it's kind of like, what's the point? Or, I mean, or here in Colorado with marijuana, I can treat it with wine, multiple glasses of wine. Yeah. Maybe I'm yeah. doing that with pie now. Uh, yeah. uh, ice sugar. Sure. I mean, I, I enjoy looking forward to it and maybe I shouldn't so much.
1: And, Okay. But the, the thing we're, that we're saying is what you just mentioned as city and heavy metal music for most people is this thing called a job, kids, right. uh, a spouse. Like you can't run away. Well, you, you could, but it's not just turning heavy metal music off. Or let's say cities make you anxious, but you live in the city. And and so then in that situation, yeah, sure, you could you know up and move or people and we talked about this when we talked about telomeres, people that live in unsafe environments. Well, that's mm-hmm. many many people or who live in an abusive relationship with parent or, or spouse or uh, very very low socioeconomic where tomorrow's meal is not assured. Mm-hmm. That. Weight on you should cause anxiety.
0: Well, yeah. As you say that, it's my response to that because if we go to you know wherever third world country where they never know if they're going to eat the next day, they're kind of at peace with it. They maybe just life. I mean, I don't well, know. Well, Some of them. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the testimony. Not too life. many humans are at peace with not eating.
1: True. So we don't but know, still, right? Okay. But we can go right down in our city. Our hungry kids and 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 and. And in in America, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's gonna be another nuanced layer of we live in the land of plenty and yet even if kids are eating, you know, McDonald's every day, they're still malnourished. Yeah. So
0: we're back to the this, this let, complexity. Let me hit one well, speaking of complexity, let me hit one compassion piece then. We did a show I don't know how long ago on genetics. So if we take 10 people, we take 10, 10 of us. Okay. We're about the same age, very same lifestyle, a lot of the same background as far as our mm-hmm. upbringing and everything. We take 10 of us and we let X event happen. Mm-hmm. Bankruptcy, uh, divorce, uh, War. lose a child, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Lose you're, a limb. You're going to have a yeah. certain amount, uh, of the, of those, some percentage of those same clone people, you know, theoretically, yeah. uh, similar people who will deal with it in a way that seems more resilient. They're able yeah. to get past it. And some others that are going to have PTSD yeah. and, and do whatever. And we're going to look and judge, which we're going to do a show on soon, just you know, judgment in regards to all this, and judge their lifestyle, their strength, their whatever. And you would say, and we went over this in the genetics thing, that genetically, who, we do not know what was in their immediate past, one generation, two generations, three generations. They probably have some predisposition yeah to even what kind of event it was, to their ability to be resilient or not. Sure. So I'm, I'm giving people the ability, the permission to be victims to some degree. Now, we're all still here, and you still got it. So you may have it harder than the next. One person may have it harder than the next to deal with it and get past it and, let's say, sure. overcome it. Yeah. Hel- uh, you may and have- somebody And somebody else has it way harder you. than you.
1: You're Right. That, yeah. Well, like you said, we're all a, a victim of choice pollution. Yeah. So we're all a victim to some degree. Just like we're all on the spectrum of whatever illness, yeah. we're all on the spectrum of victimhood. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, and we did touch, about, touch on this, like you mentioned, we, we did a show on anxiety a while ago in the book Finding Quiet. The, what is it that one can do on a daily basis yeah. to increase the likelihood of resilience yeah. and decrease the likelihood of unresilience? And as you and I I think about our kids, I think one of the things that I have to put in there is boundaries. Like it's, it's it's. and and one day I told the kid, I think you might have said this too. Look, I don't know. I'm just dad. It's my job. Is it right or wrong? I don't know. But today at this moment in time, the answer is no, or the Mm -hmm. answer is yes. And so there's your boundary and you can be unresilient and throw a temper tantrum or whatever, but there it is. Uh, And I think ultimately that is good. Because no dad is going to be boundaryless completely, and it would be really bad to crank down and monitor every breath they take. That that's not the boundaries that we want to do either. Somewhere in the middle of that is going to be the relationship that allows this young person, or even me as myself, as I put my own boundaries in there, to be becoming the kind of person that's true life, the resilience that I, I would like to have for myself and my family, uh, in, in my community. The, the place that we live in here versus we keep going on with more and more boundaryless choice pollution, whereas it, it's remarkable that, you know, you can go get 500 kinds of ice cream. Marcy, we were on a trip traveling and she's like, we're in a different state and you got the same thing. I'm like, I know. I just don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly. And are you a key lime pie guy? Yeah, we were in Florida, and I said, "Well, we got to have key lime pie." So I had mint chocolate chip ice cream
0: and key lime pie.
1: Yeah, ice cream's way better.
0: (laughs) It depends on the key lime pie, (laughs) Uh, and it's and it's tempting. And I'm already thinking about a show on boundaries. At this store, they advertised
1: 500 kinds of hot sauce. Guess how many we bought? What zero? Zero. (laughs) I couldn't even read them. Yeah, it, yeah. There's a wall just, it's of over-
0: bottles of hot sauce. Wow, and, and then it just became this. Oh, that's weird. Which I and I love hot sauce, but I don't want it. The the, the decision fatigue. I just, just rather just you have some key lime pie. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather <laughs> just I'd rather just bypass it. And so, what yeah. can we do? And so, this will be part of another show. But it, it does feel like number one. What's one of the best boundaries I can do with? Po- choice pollution is limit screens I, it's just so we'll come back to that because my wife just did uh an interview on on her podcast where she works with a guy on internet stuff specifically and uh so we'll we'll come back we'll All right, come back I'm to that one
1: eager to to get into that one yeah All
0: right. Friends, thanks so much for joining us on this journey. I look forward to meeting you in the Drive Tribe community for ongoing discussions about this and other episodes. Again, you can find me at kevinmiller.co. Click the community button there. And uh, as I said in the intro, kevinmiller.co, that's where you can find me on all the social media. And We've been doing a lot of video clips that people have been enjoying. Me out on the trail, literally snowshoeing and playing. Uh, be great to connect with you there as well. Love to get your rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you would. And um, if you want to check out further going into your own drive and work through it, literally, you could do that in the drive tribe with us for one. And also my book, What Drives You? You can find that on Amazon in any form you like. Uh, thanks to Randy James, Dr. Randy James. You can find him at truelifemedicine.com as so many of you guys continue to do. And until next time, it is a pleasure to enjoy the ride with you
1: yeah